You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 95 of American Sex Podcast, and I am Sunny Megatron. My co-host is the awesome Ken Melvoin-Berg. You'll be hearing from him in just a few minutes. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. So we are back from hiatus with an episode that is jam-packed with BDSM and sexiness from the one, the only Casey Carter. Casey's an erotic author, an on-air personality, and fetish lifestyle expert. If you frequent kinky Twitter, you may know Casey from her weekly sex and lifestyle show broadcast live on Periscope and Twitter called Casey at Night. Casey's also made quite the name for herself with her incredibly hot, hot, hot erotica. Drawing from real life experiences, she pushes a reader's perceived boundaries with dynamic, brave, and adventurous strong female protagonists. Whether in the classroom or out in the field at various nationwide events or in the boardroom or the bedroom, Casey Carter focuses her professional endeavors on the benefits of effective communication intimacy, and sexual awareness. This is a great conversation. Some of what we talked about, well, first of all, we talked about her epic kinkalicious 50th birthday party. And if you didn't catch some of the pictures on Twitter, oh my God, you got to go back and look. They are amazing. We dived into how she got into BDSM later in life, how her surprise divorce at age 40 led to her reigniting a sexual part of herself she'd abandoned many years before. We talk about her erotica and how it not only helped her heal and grow, but how she also weaves educational content between the pages of her sexy stories. Casey gives important tips about exploring your kinky side, especially learning to talk to partners about your desires. We talk about the upsides and downsides of being one of the few Black dominant female BDSM educators in our field. And we also dish with Casey about our mutual love for pervertibles. Pervertibles are common household items you repurpose as sexy, kinky tools. And we even give you a few ideas you can try tonight. Hell, you know what? If you're really, really eager, you can try them right now, even before this podcast is over. And over on Patreon, Casey tells us a bonus story about a very wild night in college. And we also chat about the challenges of hiding your nipples on Twitter. Before we get to that guest conversation, I want to thank our loyal listeners, that's you, for being super patient during our summer hiatus. This is our first episode back after a month off the air. And let me tell you, I needed that month off. As much as I love you, I needed it. It was funny, though. I had all of these grand plans for all the things I was going to get accomplished during the past month. And did any of them happen? Not really. We did 
pre-record a bunch of interviews that you'll be hearing over the next few weeks. But did I have time to edit them? No. Did I do all the extra stuff I wanted to do? No. Did I make episode art? No. Did I do any self-care? No. I think I got one pedicure. That, that's about all the self-care I did. So this is what happened. A good part of my time off was spent being kind of a, a homeschool teacher of sorts. When we moved from Chicago, my youngest daughter, who is a junior in high school, um, realized that Chicago requires a lot more credits to graduate high school than Nevada does. And her counselor was like, hey, if you just take a little summer school, you can graduate high school after three years instead of going, you know, for your whole senior year. So hell yeah. But that required her to take double the amount of recommended maximum summer school, which is cool nowadays, because like with technology, they all do it at home on the computer, which is amazing. But it was still a good 12 hours hours a day of work, which is a lot, you know, but it, you can five weeks of busting your ass, you're done, totally worth it. So during my entire hiatus, I basically helped keep her on track. You know, it's it's hard, it's hard for me to keep my shit on track working for myself. I, you know, when you're in high school, that's a lot. So we read Shakespeare together. And by the way, Titus Andronicus is a fucking dickhead. Good story, though. I helped teach her how to build access databases because like trying to follow that online tutorial with no guidance was like absolute torture. She was on her own for math, though, because, you know, math. Uh, so no rest for me over hiatus, but one year less high school for her. So as a mom, that's totally worth it. And thank you for being patient and waiting so long for episode 95. And if all goes planned, you will be spending every single week with us up until uh Christmas time where we'll probably take an another little break where I'll be busy doing other shit and I won't get any rest, but hence the life of a mom. Anyway, I want to show some extra special appreciation for those of you who joined our Patreon family during our hiatus. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Shout out to all our great new Patreon family members. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Lou, Kelly, and Nerva. Thank you for becoming our newest American Sex Podcast Patreon supporters, and we appreciate it so much. We seriously could not do this podcast without you and your support. If you're wondering what all this Patreon stuff is about, go on and hop on over to patreon.com slash American Sex, where you can learn how to become a member. Not only does your membership help support the show, you get lots of awesome perks too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episode, American Sex podcast stickers sent to you in the mail, uh, ran more random surprises because sometimes I send other stuff. It's not just stickers. I like send a whole package, you know, surprise. So lastly... You know, we talk quite a bit here on American Sex about online censorship of sex and sex-related topics, and social media is continually cracking down. So if you want to stay in touch, I highly encourage you to get on our mailing list so, you know, when that censorship crackdown comes, we're still connected. If you have your phone handy, you can sign up for our newsletter right now. Simply text the word Megatron to the number 444-999 and you're in. If you want to do it on the web, you can visit SunnyMegatron.com slash newsletter. And speaking of emails, we do sometimes answer listener questions right here on the show. So if you've got a question you want us to answer anonymously, go ahead and send it to American Sex Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. All right. Are you ready? Here is our conversation with Casey Carter. 
I have to say that uh, our guest today makes me happy in the brain and happy in the pants. We are talking with a Renaissance woman who does a little bit of everything. She performs, she writes, she tops, she lectures, she does sex ed, she hosts sex ed, she produces, she does a little bit of everything. Uh, and I really appreciate you coming on the air with us today, Miss Casey Carter. Oh my goodness. I'm excited about the happy in the pants part. That really makes my day. <laughs> well, I just got done reading one of your books and, you okay. know, oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> you know, she okay. has to calm down a little. Too much, too yes. much right out the gate. I'm sorry, too much right out of the gate. I apologize. Oh no, like, I love that. I don't I even know you, too. so... <laughs> That just excites me right off the bat, and I'm ready. Good. I'm loving <laughs> yay, it. Yay. Yay. So I have to say, Casey, like you and I have been, I don't know, like floating around each other's orbits on Twitter and on social media for a while. And this is the first time we're actually talking. And every time I see you pop up in my Twitter timeline, I'm like, I got to talk to Casey. Casey seems really <laughs> cool. Like I there's I need to know more about Casey. And there's a little bit I know about you from just, you know, seeing you on social media. But I have a feeling during this conversation, I'm gonna learn a lot of shit. So you just had a 50th birthday party that I have. And said. congratulations. You joined the cool kids club. Yes. Thank yes. you very much. I'm yes, I have been told now that I'm a member of AARP, I'm a part of the biggest gang in the world. Damn. Oh, I'm excited. Shit, I'm actually, I didn't even think to join AARP. They, when you I can join AARP now at 45. They have like an AARP juniors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fuck yes. that. You no, have to that be 50. True. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But I feel ripped off. I got two more years and I'll be a full fledged 50 year old member. All right, so AARP, I'm, kind of excited. I'm on the way. Kind of excited. <laughs> anyway. So you had this kinkalicious, amazing birthday party. And when I think of you and I think of just seeing you on the internet and your persona, you exude confidence and kink and knowledge. And I love it that you're older like I am because there's not many of us out there like totally killing it. It's it's what's crazy is I started doing this publicly later in life and, mm -hmm. um, you know, to the point of, of being older and doing it it's actually quite comfortable. Um, and I feel really confident in my knowledge and experience. And um, I don't think I would have been as mature if I had done this earlier. Mm, I relate to that so much. Okay, so how did this start? You, you got into it later in life. What happened? Ooh. Oh no! <laughs> this sounds I, like a relationship. I can also relate to that so much, and I don't even know what you're about to say. So, <laughs> well, what had happened was, uh, one day my ex-husband decided he did not want to be married anymore, and um, the short version is, I started writing erotica to sort of release the tension the stress, the sadness, um, and it sort of reignited my own sexual self. Mm -hmm. um, right from the very beginning, at a very young age, I was, I'm not going to say hypersexual, but very comfortable with my sex. And so I realized I had sort of abandoned that person because she was intimidating to my ex. Oh. And the erotica kind of helped bring her back out, not only bring her back out, but sort of let her take over. Okay. Um, and so here we are, Casey Carter, just running shit. 
So, okay. I, again, I'm like, oh, relay, relay. And I don't know if all the other people that are in our age bracket that, that came out kinky a little later are like, oh my God, my story too. Let's start a club, all you out there listening. Um, it, what's a, We do need to do a kinky AARP. Yes. Yeah, That's actually absolutely. a really good idea. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh my God. Okay. Keep those <laughs> wheels spinning. Maybe, maybe this, this is coming. I don't know. We got to get a bunch of older sex educators and it could be like the monsters of sex tour. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, I like that. I like that. Ooh. So, okay. Uh, you said you kind of, I guess, reignited the you that was always there all along. But was the you that was always there all along that was very um, sexually voracious, dominant, whatever word you want to use, had you let it out before? Like, were you a kinkster at one point in your life and you closeted it up? Or was it just more of like, kind of like, a you know, the fire was starting and the curiosity was there? Okay, so right out the gate, I was an exhibitionist. Um, and when I mean right out the gate, I mean like today I lost my virginity. Tomorrow I'm having sex in the pool in front of my friends. Like that's <laughs> like right out the gate. Um, and the, the guy that Fuck, I was Fuck, where were with, you in 1986? <laughs> I was in Connecticut. I was in Connecticut. <laughs> but the guy I was with, he was really great in terms of let's try this let's try that you don't want to okay fine no problem um he was just it was very comfortable to be myself and try things i mean because i i had such a great experience with my mom in terms of learning about sex and and just having a really great positive experience with coming of age that when i got when i finally started having sex it was like, well, whatever you want to do, we can do. Whatever you want to try, we can try. Whatever you don't want to try, we don't. Today, at least. Um, and so it was kind of always right there, just waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. And then I got married to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, kind of was trying to be myself, but I realized it was a little much. And I was doing all the work. And so I backed backed away a little bit. And then I realized like the day he decided he didn't want to be married anymore. I realized, you know what? I kind of shut off who I really was to make him comfortable. And in the long run, this motherfucker decided he didn't want to be with me. Ugh. So now when you say you, you know, had shut part of yourself off and, and backed off a bit, are you talking strictly sexually? Are you talking emotionally? Are you talking kind of everywhere in the relationship? What do you mean by that? Sexually, I backed off a little bit. Um, I backed off a lot. Let me say it that way. I backed off a lot. And then in terms of like my dominant persona, it's always, always, always been there. And, but it made him uncomfortable so i would sort of turn the volume down on that okay. and every now and then it got turned up but for the most part i turned it down so that he was comfortable but i realized that it caused me anxiety it caused me some friction he was completely oblivious to the fact that i was struggling mm -hmm. with who i was because i was doing these things to make him comfortable right and i i get the feeling quick correct me if I'm wrong, these weren't like, oh, we're going to sit down and have a heart to heart conversation. It was just it was more like feelings and instinct and kind of, you know, coded uh, hints and language without coming out and having a, a real in depth discussion about this. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So it sounds like one day surprise, boom, I'm done. And you're like, fuck you. But exactly. You started <laughs> you started writing erotica. And then what happened? Well, and then I turned 40 and discovered um, 20-somethings loved 40-year-old women. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so, yes. The same and- thing happened to me. And I was like, excuse me, little boy, are you old enough to even buy beer? <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and it was funny because... I would say to them, I've got two kids and, you know, they're like, oh, so you're like, what, like 30 something? I'm like, okay. I said, I had two kids. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, no, I just turned 40. And their eyes would get all big and shiny. And then they're like, (laughs) really? You turned 40? Really? And I'm like, uh, what just happened? What? What just happened? Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I started spending a lot of time with 20-somethings. Until, and then I always referred to them as entertainment because <laughs> that's what they were. Because yeah. they, they still have that new dick smell? Basically, <laughs> yeah. And then when they tried to, um, you know, make me a sugar mama or um, be, you know, try to get into a relationship as, or better yet, when they wanted me to teach them things, I was like, I'm not in the mood for that. I don't feel like teaching anybody anything. And, uh, in terms of sugar mama, no, I told you from the beginning, this was fun. This is not me taking care of you. So if that's what you're here for, you can go. And then of course, after their initial shock of, did she just say that? (laughs) Then it's like, wanting to stay even more. I'm like, damn it, I can't get rid of you. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah, no matter what I would say to them, they would not leave. Like, I could be flat out rude, flat out rude, and they would still pop back up. And I had to, like, start blocking people's phone number on my phone to get them to stop contacting me. Damn. Damn. Okay, so 40-year-old Casey wrote erotica still writing erotica has lots of entertainments when i think of you <laughs> when i picture you in my mind i picture you in like some gorgeous leather corset with a whip with like leather pants with and a cigar you know? yeah and a cigar <laughs> so when did that casey pop up okay so that casey popped up let's see that Casey popped up about 2014. Mm-hmm. And so 20, 2009 is the 40-year-old Casey. Okay. So at about 2014, after years of coaxing by friends, mainly male friends, I decided to publish the erotica. I decided to put it out there for the public. I was already kind of going in deep on my kink side. Mm-hmm. But I had not, say, gone public with Casey. And so in 2014, I started, I, I, I released my first story, Open House, and then just started releasing short stories after that for the first couple of years. And then um, I decided, okay, now let's pause for a second and really develop who Casey is because I don't want to be caught up in the, the soup of erotic authors. There's these levels and, you know, and at the time 50 shades of gray was like 
fire, mm, you know, and yeah. everybody wanted to write erotica. Everybody wanted to write a kinky story. So I didn't want to be just another one of those people. And so I took a minute to really sort of develop Casey Carter as a brand. And so there you have the leather pants, the leather corsets, um, the tutus, the six inch high heels, the fishnet stockings. That Casey came starting around 2015, 2016. And she is like a beast. Like I got invited to an event, a weekend long event. And I was kind of volunteering my time and we had to wear these, you know, white clothes. And so I wore white the first day, the second day, um, again, I wore white, but I wore a tutu in white and fishnets and all of that. And every person I saw that day was like, oh, good. You wore a tutu. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? They're like, oh my God, you're not Casey unless you're in a tutu oh, wow. or a corset or whatever. And so that was the first moment I realized, okay, this brand shit actually worked. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. So it's been a process. So like now the pendulum is swinging back into spending more time now uh, or going back to the writing, going back to, or, or I should say going in deeper on the education. Um, Cause when I started Casey at night, my um, Twitter program, it was really to promote the writing, mm-hmm. but in promoting the writing, I started talking about what kind of were the topics in my stories. And that has taken off. And I absolutely love doing the show every Wednesday. I love seeing who shows up. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they're looking for the outfits. They're disappointed if I'm not wearing certain <laughs> things. Like it has, you know what I'm saying? Like Casey has really, what I kind of sort of did, I realized has really become a thing. Mm-hmm. And I disappoint if I don't show up a certain way. <laughs> like you couldn't be like, hey, I'm just in my pajamas and some sweat. Like people, I would just like picture her in sweatpants. <laughs> the only time I can get away with not being corseted and in fishnets or, or tutu or the leather is when I sit out at the pool. That's the only time I actually can get away with it where people are like, oh, my God, Casey. Uh-huh. And and. I, and even that has become a thing where my, you know, my parents and I, we live about two miles apart. And so they have a pool. I spend my weekends kind of decompressing and, 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 you know, baking in the sun at their pool and it overlooks a golf course. So I kind of, you know, poke up my booty and while the golfers ride by and <laughs> fix my top while the golfers ride by, um, <laughs> But at the same time, I do, I will take pictures smoking the cigar, sitting at the pool. And, and that's another Casey moment where there's no makeup, there's no nothing. And like, I get away with doing that as well. Mm. So you're, you've been doing your Twitter broadcast. It's like, you know, Periscope that goes through Twitter or whatever. Right. Every week for forever. What are some of the things that you talk about and some of the topics you talk about? Because I have noticed, like you said, it's very educational. Like when I see the topics pop up. So what are some of the things that you talk about? Oh my gosh. Um, well, <laughs> recently I did a conversation about anal sex and pegging in the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some folks who don't really even know what pegging is. Uh, but I figure it's 
both we're talking booty hole, whether it's pegging or whether it's just straight anal sex. Mm -hmm. And so it's things like that. Anal sex do's and don'ts. Um, talking about fetishes, what fetishes are, the different types of fetishes, the fact that you can have a fetish and it doesn't make you weird, or the fact that fetishes develop early in life and we just either kind of go from needing that blanket to commas pacifier, or we go into loving feet and needing different things to sort of bring us to a certain, you know, high or arousal or just kind of, I think in some ways, helping people to understand that their kink is normal right. or that their lack of kink is also normal. And here's how we can get you to another level. Um, just in my experience of hanging out with the leather community in Atlanta, um, I discovered they spend a lot of time talking about bedroom players or weekend players or just that vanilla crowd in general. And kind of, it's been, it was kind of demeaning in a way. Um, but I also have a marketing background and I'm like, okay, but that Fifty <gasps> Shades of Grey crap. Me too. Okay. We got it. I knew there was something. There was something. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. So I'm like, that Fifty Shades of Grey community is huge. Yes. And I have discovered they like to talk to Casey because Casey talks about everything, everything, anal sex, sex toys, um, threesomes, parties. Uh, you name it, we're going to talk about it. And everybody has a voice. I don't care what your level is. I, you know, what I've discovered is people who watch me watch because they don't feel like they have to be into it. They don't feel like they don't feel shame for where they're located in the moment. Um, I've had so many people make these confessions to me that I'm like, you know, we don't know each other, right? Like <laughs> we don't know each other and yet they feel compelled to share and then say to me, I feel so much better now that I've told you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it really excites me to do the show every week. I just, I look forward to it. Like I don't care. I had a shitty Wednesday this past week. I mean, I had an absolutely horrible day at work. I was contemplating not doing the show, but the minute I started getting dressed and putting on the makeup and going over my notes. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have such a good time. I feel so much better. And I hadn't even gone live. I just felt better knowing I was going to be talking to these people and they were going to be talking back. Mm, yeah. And that's, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, I, I want to go back to your books for just a second, because one of the things that I noticed uh, when reading the, the story that you had sent us uh, first of all, like I don't know if it is semi autobiographical or not. If Kendra Whittingham is you, uh, but in my sort head, of. when I was sort of okay, like when I, when I was reading the book, I I had you as Kendra in my head. Uh, the first thing, just I, I don't know if you know this or not. I've written fifteen books, yeah. um, and I love your character development because you've done hella big research on how these people talk, the ling the language that they use. Uh, you make it so that. Kendra takes what she wants, but she isn't a self-proclaimed Domley McDomington from Domsville. She right. just knows what the fuck she wants and objectifies men in some instances to get it. And I'm cool with that. And I think that like when you start taking a look at all of this, uh, especially when you get into the erotica part after all of the buildup. So you have this great buildup, great character development. But my favorite part 
was at the yes. very end when you have a glossary normalizing <laughs> all of the words that you used in the book, and then you explain about all the fetishes. So I read your book, I touch myself, I get you know, I have the happy pants, got done, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like dita, like do it in the ass, like the, like that kind of stuff. And then is you got the another back. geeky hard on. No, I got another real hard on. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just, you made it so that the fetishes or the sex acts uh, were not only normalized, but you explained without being, um, like, like I, there was no sense that you're superior when you do it. This is something that you do, and you, ve- you very much normalize it. And I just wanted to say how much I appreciated that, because it sort of dovetails with what you do with your Twitter series. Well, I'm, I'm like, touched, and I'm touching myself at the fact that you <laughs> even picked up on it. Because do you know, I actually, the f- one of the... F- first people I had edit, no, I think it was like the second, second person I had edit actually told me to take that out. And I was like, mm, not no, gonna do it. no, leave yeah, it in. They please. told me to take it out. They told me, they told me to take it out that that's not how you do it. And I'm like, I didn't ask you that. I asked you to do grammar, spelling, right? Editing <laughs> I didn't stuff. ask you to write my book for me. And that was something that was from the very, very beginning. I wanted to educate people I wanted to entertain and then educate. And that's so, your edutainer. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Edutainer. I got to write that down. Yeah. But yeah, from the very first story. So it's not like it's something I did after the fact. After the fact, the very first story has those elements. What you may find is as the story, as you go through the stories and say chronological order in terms of when they were released, there are just more definitions added as I go along. But it was from the very first story. Even the color of the um the books the cover each cover has a specific color and it's to let you know the the depth of the story so i have you know what i call my sexual rainbow go you know white to black it's 11 colors and you kind of will know before you open the book if you're picking up a a, a book it's got a black cover casey carter that's going to be some hardcore shit. That's mm. that's going to be oh my god. You're oh yeah, so I'm looking pearls. at this one, the encounter. It says a red series episode. Right. Um, and, so, and by the way, as a colorblind dude, thank you for like typing out what color it is because <laughs> <laughs> this could have been a variety. Now I know, like, because I know red is passion and it's sexuality and you know, like I, you know, this is something that when I when I see it, I'm not going to know what's red. But like, thank you for actually typing it out. <laughs> I know that seems like a small detail. No, but I I love the fact that you even acknowledge that because I wouldn't I didn't think about it like that. I just like literally wanted to kind of from a marketing standpoint, the black say a black series, red, red series, orange, orange series. Like it is there is a reason the books have the color background that they do. So if you pick up a black book, you know, we're going to do some hardcore kinky shit, some real fetish, some peeing, some pooping, some something. If you pick up a red, it's going to be risque as well, but it's not necessarily going to be as hardcore as the black. And and you go through, you know, I haven't done all the colors yet because I don't, I don't know. I have to figure out how to do white from out of my own head, um, which is like, you know, sex under the covers, shower before, shower after, in the dark, take off your clothes when nobody's looking type sex. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'm working on let's that. Let's skip one. it. Let's just skip it. Like, let's focus okay. on red and black. 
But that's the thing is everything I did with my stories from the very first story was intentional from a marketing perspective, from an educational perspective, even the way you acknowledge the character Kendra. Yes, Kendra is a lot of Casey, but you know, I very intentionally want her to be strong and aggressive, but I also never want her to come off as some man hater basher. She didn't. And that's, um, that's the thing that I loved about it is that she was just fucking like her whole confrontation with the valet where the, where she's like, I'm not going to let you fucking touch my car. No. And then you just went to the next door neighbor. You, well, not you, but Kendra yeah. <laughs> and said, whipped out $300 and said, let me park in your driveway. And he was looking at you. You're sexy. You know, you're selling houses. So you have stuff on racing. You have stuff on real estate agent business. You have stuff on kink parties. And then a little bit about entertainment business with everything from like the NBA to rock stars in this book. It was, yeah. there was a little bit, and I was just expecting fucking. And the, yeah. the other thing is it's 40 pages. It was a perfect length. It was long enough to build up some erotic tension and get some release, but not too long. Where like when I was done, I felt complete and satisfied. And, you know, like the action was almost at the end. And so was I. So, and you know, even that was intentional. So the, 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 the idea to do short stories was based on the fact that I was living in Connecticut. My sister lived in Manhattan. The ride from Connecticut into Manhattan on the commuter, if I caught an express, was less than an hour. Well, that's perfect. Yes. And I used to watch people reading on their digital readers, whether it was an iPad, whether it was a, a nook of whatever at the time. And I always noticed how folks had to, you know, they were never quite finished. Like, I don't know what they were reading, but I just assumed they never finished. And for me, I wanted to be done. I wanted to either be done on the first leg of my trip or I wanted to be done by the second leg of my trip. But I wanted to be done with my story so that I could do the next story when I got to my destination. Um, so the, the idea of doing shorts was super intentional. Ah. As a former commuter, I salute you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, one thing, one of the things that I appreciate about you is that you do embrace the new folks or the folks that are curious about kink or the folks that are, you know, more of the quote vanilla side of, you know, 50 shades of gray kink. And I very much relate with what you said with the like kinkier than thou sort of, you know, and I'm not knocking the kink. I mean, I'm part of the kink community. I love my, my kink friends. But when you're embroiled in that kind of community and everyone's like, I'm hardcore, I'm more hardcore than you. Oh, really? I got strung up on the tits and I was bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that they tend to, you know, they hear some, you know, hey, I got interested in kink because I read Fifty Shades of Grey. And they're like, <laughs> that's garbage. And then it's like what you don't realize is, and yeah, in some respects, I do agree that it's garbage. However, you know what? It's inspiration. If it gets you off, it gets you off. Like, it's And we not- all started somewhere. We were all level one exactly. at some point in our lives. At some point. And right, I, exactly. we all have our, our guilty pleasure media that's like, who watches, you know, Real Housewives or whatever? That's not quality either, but we fucking love it. Like, you know? Like, say, my, if you can see me now, my hand is raised. Yes, I was marathoning the other day. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to sit there my- and be like, you mean you don't listen to NPR all the time? <laughs> It's like, come on, only PBS for me. Um, So and it's the same way with with the erotic media that we consume. And 
you know, these people, however, they got into kink, and it's like, cool. And there aren't that many educators out there that are like, I'm not going to make you feel like a little shit heel because you like 50 shades of gray. And I'm going to take you and help you and make you feel valid whether you're hanging out at the the BDSM club every weekend, or you're just doing it in your bedroom with your monogamous spouse. Like, it, you know, it's all one in the same. And, and if you right. work in a like an adult store where it's like sex positive, and you feel the need to start belittling somebody for asking a beginner question, maybe think twice about that. Or, or how about this? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Or, or fuck you. Uh, well, it's like it's Freaky Friday. You're nice I and I'm I know. Pinned. What's going on? Are you going to tell somebody you're going to stab them in the neck Right. Next? And then go fuck yourself. I'll stab you in the neck. Okay. That's oh, a kind wow. answer. Okay. All right. So, okay. No, I'm Love kidding. That. Very I'm aggressive. Ki- yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, uh, sex store workers out there, I'm not really going to stab you in the neck. We're joking. <laughs> but anyway. But don't be I mean, assholes. unless you want to. Don't, you know, like, don't, don't we can assholes. work out some sort of consensual thing. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's my answer to stuff too. It's like, you know, we don't have to unless you want to. Exactly. <laughs> For years, I've talked about the importance of using body safe sexual health products. You know, no phthalates, avoid parabens. But then it dawned on me how much attention am I paying to other types of products I use in and on my body? You know, like my deodorant. Many popular brands contain very questionable ingredients. So once I gave that a good think, I started on my quest to find a good natural deodorant. And every one I tried failed. Some didn't work at all. And man, did I stink. Some were messy. You know, they were a weird paste I had to apply with my fingers. And then I broke out in a rash. It's bad, bad, bad. Others, they left that dreaded white powdery stain on all of my shirts. And man, do I hate the white stain. So when Native approached us, I'm not going to lie, I gave him some major side eye. As much as I love the concept of using a natural deodorant, my past experiences were awful. So I was like, okay, Native, you know we don't endorse anything that we don't personally use and 110% stand behind, so send me a box of that stuff and let me check it out. Um, Native, you turned out to be everything you said and more. There's a reason Native has been talked up on shows like The Today Show and Good Morning America, and they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. And it smells great. Coconut and vanilla is my flavor. That's my jam. But they have a bunch of other great ones, too. And guess what? After 16 hours of running around in the Las Vegas heat and also going to the gym or just being my usual sweaty ball of anxiety... I don't smell like B.O. It works. And my favorite, no white powdery stain. It is completely invisible. All that, and it's safe for my body too. Formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc, it contains ingredients found in nature like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. That's for absorbing wetness. Super important. Native earned my seal of approval, and I want you to try it too. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. Oh, and there's no risk to try it, too. Native offers free returns and exchanges in the U.S. Again, head on over to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code SUNNY for 20% off your first order. So when you are, you know, you said you're part of the leather community in Atlanta, and we're going to talk more about that. So when, when you compare hanging out with those people and being in that circle to dealing with people that are, are kink newbies that are listening to your weekly show and whatnot, what sort of concerns, 
questions, curiosities do you see commonly that come up with those kink curious like one-on-one folks? Would you believe it's things as simple as how do I get my girl to give me head? Or I want my girl to peg me. What do I say? Or I want um, Casey to wear a latex hood and pee on my penis. How do I make that happen? <laughs> and slap me in the face a couple times. They ask uh, questions see, like that, hey, right? These things can happen. <laughs> they can happen. Those are the questions uh, they ask, right? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> yes, they, some people do. Some people do ask, you know, they'll ask me, have you ever peed on anyone? Or they'll, they'll, they'll ask the questions of how do I? And then it's, you know, like I said, get my girl to give me more head, get my girl to peg me. Um, how do we have a threesome? Um, you know, it's, it's, it is literally the basic questions, um, that I hear more times than not. And it's, what's fascinating to me is not just those questions, but the fact that my community of viewers also give advice. They literally, you know, I'll, I'll give a response and then I'll get other people who will sort of co-sign and, you know, give really good feedback on top of that. Um, Mm. so it's that vanilla community asks very vanilla questions. And what I always say to them is, is this is just the stepping stone to the next thing. I was, I kind of came up, you know, or was brought up to believe that once you've stretched yourself, once you've gone past the, your limits, you can never go back. You can only, you know, you've now got new limits, so you can only go further out. So it's the same thing with your sex life is the minute you try something like you say to your girl, you say, you know, you, you tell your girl, Hey, let's try a threesome and she's not ready, but she's willing to maybe role play. Okay. Well, now you've gotten that. That's your new border. That's, that's the new boundary to in your relationship in terms of what you're willing to do. It's further than you were yesterday. Not quite as far as doing the threesome, but you're moving in a forward direction. And that's kind of what I tell everyone with whatever it is they want to try today. If you can't get your girl to do the threesome, maybe you can role play. Maybe she can put on a wig and pretend to be another chick or, you know what I'm saying? Like giving them alternatives when they want to ask for that big thing. And, right. you know, tr- trying to encourage them. Let's not fight about the fact that this, your partner doesn't want to do that. Let's find out what your partner wants. How can we meet in the middle? Because if you can move forward, you're closer to the thing you want as opposed to further from the thing you want. Right. Oh, yes. God, yes. And it's interesting because when I hear, you know, we very much cater to a similar audience. It's like the the new curious kinkster kind of thing or or the person who's like, hey, we've been married for 12 years. I've always fantasized about this. Let's do it. And right. the questions that you say your viewers ask and the questions that we get to me when I when I like peel back the, the onion layer and I look at the common denominators, those questions to me aren't necessarily really about like, hey, blowjobs or hey, threesome. They're, they tend to be about like, hey, this is my first step. So I'm working through my shame. Like I'm right. embarrassed right. to bring this up that yes. I'm, I, I, I'm afraid of my, myself or my sexuality or I, I'm not really comfortable in my sexual self-awareness. Yes. Um, that, you know, I, 
don't know how to communicate with a partner, you know, yep. whether it's it's actually conveying what you want and then listening to what they want. And if they want something where you're like, what the fuck? To not be <laughs> like, what the fuck? To actually right. calmly, like, you know, <laughs> deal with it. Like, all, the, all of those things are the common denominators yes. to those and- very basic questions. And that is actually my favorite part of the conversation is, is, you know, recognizing that it really isn't about how to get the blowjob or how to get the threesome. It's how do I talk to my partner about wanting something more? And to your point, not be embarrassed or ashamed or withdraw if they have a negative reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the part of the conversation I think I enjoy the most because I, at that moment, I feel like it's no matter how many hundreds or thousands of people are watching, I feel like it's just me and that person and we, me and that person are going to have this conversation. We're going to talk it out and everybody else manages to get something out of it. But I t- literally forget there's all these other people listening because this person was bold enough, even if behind the mask of you know, an avatar, but they were bold enough to say, you know, raise their hand and say, Hey, um, I got a question. Uh, here's my question. Like that's, that means a lot to me. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, t- it's important to me that they don't feel any shame whatsoever in the ask. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So another thing that I very much appreciate about you is that, you know, when any given person anywhere across the country goes to their local kink events or even goes online to look at their, you know, friendly YouTube kink educators or whoever, it is a very fucking white crowd, a very (laughs) white crowd. Yes. And, you know, I, I know a lot of folks who, you know, that's all that we see. So when we mm-hmm. look at kink, when we look at whatever, it's like, oh, that's white people stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not for me. And yeah. you're out there, you know, one of the, the few very vocal, very visible black women teaching about kink. So one is a lot of your audience also African American. And two, where do you see or how do you see that extra importance of being able to reach out to people in the black community teaching about kink? Oh, that's a okay. big question. That's a lot, right? <laughs> um, okay. So to the first part, like my audience is, I'm going to say very equally diverse. I do have a very good African-American audience in terms of size. Mm-hmm. Um and what I love about them is they are knowledgeable. They are generous and kind when we're having these conversations. Um, and so it, it, it really, it's really enjoyable to have them a part of the experience with me. Um, now, living in Atlanta, mm-hmm. there's black educators Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And that that's an anomaly. Like when we went to Atlanta, we were like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. This is great. Like it's not like that everywhere. No. No. And now, now to further go into your second question, in Atlanta, they're everywhere. They're climbing all over each other. They're it's it's I mean, straight, gay, bi, you know 
whatever your situation is, there's a bajillion people who are focused in that area. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side to that is not very many of us take our show on the road. Um, not very many of us are willing to to extend our voice beyond Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I think some of us would like to, don't know how, because we're very focused on educating, healing, speaking to the black community. And it's easy in Atlanta because there are so many people, right. but it's harder when you start trying to reach beyond that border. You, you come face to face with the fact that a lot of people and a lot of African-Americans and other communities don't come out. Right. They don't want to be visible having these conversations. So I, I don't realize because I live in Atlanta, I don't realize that what I do and how I do it is unique in that sense. Um, but I recently made contact with someone who is actively looking for African Americans, um, who, you know, at looking for African Americans who taught, who teach sex ed or who, who are in that environment. And, and I didn't realize it was that big a deal. Yeah. I, I just, I really didn't. Um, especially cause like, even when I go to Exotica or FETCON, yes, there's only a handful of, of black people there. And yes, only a handful of them are teaching, but I still am oblivious to the fact that that's an anomaly. It doesn't click that I'm seeing the same people everywhere. That ha that part hasn't clicked just yet. Right. Um, and I think it's starting to make sense to me because I haven't even invited some of my friends. Hey, I'm going to this event. I think what you offer would be great at this event. And they're like, no, really? No, I couldn't do it. And I'm thinking, why the fuck not? We need you. I mean, like, I'm telling you, easy peasy. You just, you, there's no one else doing what you do there. Do it. Sign up. It'd be great. No, I'm good right here. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it all other than I've always, it's kind of in my DNA. I've always wanted to kind of just be bigger and touch as many people as I can. Nowhere is my boundary, my border. I, you know, I'm trying to get myself over across the pond into Europe. Like that's Ooh, my yes. vision. It has been my vision from the very beginning. It, even as far back, and I'm putting it out there. This is my official fangirl moment. Uh, even as far back as Sex with Sunny. Oh my God, you have no idea <laughs> how much that program influenced even my Casey at night. Like, get the fuck have, out. Seriously? Yes. I'm, you know what I loved about your show was all the crazy wild shit and how normal you made it seem even with as interesting as you looked i loved that like with the hair and the glasses and the little snarky comments and yet it was always so warm and ooh, i want to try that Ooh, where can i go do that Ooh, ooh, and and it's funny because um my honey and i we don't live in the same place we have a long distance relationship and like your show mm. is something we used to watch together Aww. And Aww. talk about it. Aww. And so it's like, it, it was, and then I was mad when you weren't back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shit. Us too. Yeah. <laughs> I was mad as fuck. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry. Was anyone else getting educated off of this? Cause 
Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but, but, you know, it, it's, it, things like that, like your show, I thought allowed people to see these are regular people. Cause that was the other thing I loved. I'm like, these aren't like glossy, flossy no. people having like perfectly designed sex. It's not porn sex. These are people having really interesting experiences and they look like the guy who just put the groceries in my car or the chick who, you know, checked me out at Walmart. Like they were regular people having really interesting experiences. Yeah, that, that was very intentional. And we made sure that the first and foremost things that everybody had the actual fetish or were involved with whatever the activity yeah. was. We had to going fight. To, we had for to that. fight for that. Like the casting, really? people, oh, the casting yeah. people are like, we got these cute little 22 year old <gasps> girls and these like 22 year old white girls. And then we're like, no, no. no. And we just said, <laughs> oh, and, and oh we yeah, had we a fought. We had a power, wow. we had a power okay, block of, yeah. of, of, that, well, of executive well, producers that made it the way that it was. Okay. See, now let, let me just tell you, it was that that made me love the show, Aww. how normal and regular these people looked. Like I said, they weren't shiny and glossy and, you know, I'm like, uh, these are like regular people yeah. doing some really kinky shit. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's what I appreciate about you as well, because that's your vibe. Like, you make all of this very, very normal and very, you know, but when I look, like, for instance, I look at your birthday party pictures, and I was like, well, I mean, normal is a bad word. I wouldn't say that's not normal. <laughs> that's normal for, for me. Us, but but <laughs> it's it's not average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not average. A little extra. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it, it, that actually was a combination of things I've watched. I've seen, you know, watching um, the upper floor on kink.com, um, <laughs> episodes of Sanctum and all their little sex parties. Like I wanted to have these erotic experiences, but I knew I was going to invite vanilla people. So I didn't want it to be over the top. But I wanted people to go, ooh, look at that over there. Yeah. Ooh, look at that over there. Like, that was my vision for the party. And I'm so excited that it happened. And posting all these pictures, I've got all these DMs of people saying, invite me to your next party. Invite <laughs> me to your next party. I'm like, fuck, I invited you to this one. Uh, yeah. I right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't believe me. You didn't and, come. And, and you know what, Sonny? That's exactly what what I've been saying is like, this was the first thing I've done in Atlanta where I put my name on it, my stamp. And while people know me and they have this expectation of me, they've I've never done anything in my name. Oh. So here I do this party and I say it's going to be this and that. And I'm, I mean, I marketed this thing from March until June. Hardcore. Here's who I have. Here's what they're doing. And I had people there and I, and there's a lot of people that I invited who didn't come for varying reasons. But the ones who said to me, Oh, I forgot. I'm like, oh, well, shit. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did they look at your Twitter feed? <laughs> <laughs> Do they I, know you? I mean, really? I, that's, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't understand. And and some of these people were people that I've been to events with. And so I'm like, so you know me, you see me, you have this expectation, you kind of sort of know what I do and what I'm about. So when I was marketing all of this shit all over Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I don't know what the fuck you were thinking, yeah. but 
you know, I, I was turning 50 and I wanted to have a party. I would, well, you know what? Let me back up because I'm about to tell a lie. <laughs> I had not had a, I did not actually envision having a birthday party. It was my honey who decided when I turned 49 that he wanted to give me a 50th birthday party. And he pretty much let me have whatever I wanted to have. Mm. Um, so that's how I got to where I got to as far as the party is concerned. But once I was in, I, and even when he told me, I resisted. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Can we just go somewhere? And he's like, no, you're going to have a party. <laughs> like, okay, fuck, I'm having a party. Forced right, birthday party. Everything Forced- to do with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. And then, so here you are, 50 Shades of Casey, an erotic birthday experience. And I mean, you know, even the woman who owns the studio that I used, she's like, okay, so we're having another party, right? I mean, she <laughs> rarely actually attends any of the events that they produce. But we talked her into doing, you know, into coming to ours and actually running the night her and her staff and oh my god let me tell you she's like okay we're gonna do another party right like because I got ideas I, I there are things I want to do at another party I mean she the the playroom she painted the room red wow. took my personal <gasps> tools hung them on the wall bought her cross from home to the playroom and had a stockade, she had masks, she had all these things. And then my friends came in with their bags of toys. And I mean, it, it, I could not have envisioned a better party. Could not. Mm, that sounds amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be at your next party. Yes, uh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, okay, so you, you've done all this great stuff. You're 50. It's a new decade, new shit coming. What's next for you? <sighs> so I have a love for pervertibles. Mm-hmm. What are pervertibles, you might ask? Okay, so pervertibles. Envision your wooden spoon. You use it to stir your cake batter, your scramble your eggs, whatever the case is. And then you bring it to the bedroom and you slap that ass with that wooden spoon. Clothespins. <laughs> um, anything that has a, a, a normal utilitarian use, you can use it in the bedroom. Use it for your kinky desires. And I use it as an introduction for the vanilla community into the more hardcore kink. So, you know, for those of you embarrassed to go to the store, don't know what to buy, don't know what to ask, when you see how much some of the stuff costs, you're like, I'm not paying for that. You don't have to, because you got shit all over your house that you can use in the same way. Mm. So at FetishCon in August, I am teaching a class called Pervertibles, and we will be demonstrating how to use your household items for your kinky adventures. Oh, that's amazing. And FetCon's in, is it like Orlando, Florida, somewhere Florida? St. Pete. Okay. St. Pete. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, and then I'm teaching the same class at Exotica in New Jersey um, in October. So FetCon is in August. Exotica is in October. I am so looking forward to that. Oh my God. I am so looking forward oh, to that. Oh, yay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pervertibles are fun. We we come up with some wacky ass shit. Dollar store. The dollar thank store. Dollar store. Oh my God. Yes. And, yes. and I, and this is where I, again, I love my 50 Shades community because they're busy looking at the masks. They're looking at the, 
paddles, the whips, the floggers. I'm like, Mm-mm, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to even do, you don't even have to leave. Like that, you know, what I, I wrote a story called Tie Me Up and I meant to send it, but I lollygagged and I forgot. <laughs> but I wrote a story called Ken Tie Me Up. Ken will take it after the fact. No problem. <laughs> okay, good. Well, Tie Me Up ha- is about pervertibles and the idea of wanting to do something different and not having to run to the toy store, try to decide what to get, what do you do, what do you want. It's literally rummaging through your house and finding something to give you a different experience. Like like Honey went and bought me some stuff from the dollar store. One of the things he picked up was um, there was a, a, a brush that you use to clean the shower and the tub. Mm-hmm. So it's like the bristles are really hard and plastic. And so I'm like, imagine you've, you've spanked the ass, you know, spank the ass with a wooden handle. And then you take this and you kind of dab it on the butt. And then you take your feather duster and you rub it across or you just blow on it. Like you can create these experiences without buying hundred dollar floggers or wooden paddles that you don't know what the hell to do. Like you don't even have to hide your sex toys because it's yeah. stuff you use around the house. So, yep. Yep. Love I'm all behind pervertibles. Oh my God. I, I, love love, per- I could just, yeah. mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I love a pervertible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of the things that we actually uh, do is a pervertible that we discovered and we do it. This is an exercise in some of our classes just to kind of display that anything can be a pervertible at the dollar store. We get uh, Twizzlers and red vines. Because when you smack someone with a Twizzler or a red vine, it leaves like a tiger stripe (gasps) little welt. And so what we do, you know, because classes, you got to have some activities or people get bored. So we hand everybody a Twizzler and a red vine. And you can either hit yourself or hit each other to figure out what is more painful, the Twizzler or the red vine. And I know one ends up being more stingy and one's more thuddy. And it's so much fun. Yeah. Red vine was more stingy. Yeah. Red vine hurts more. Yes. Yeah. I I can imagine. (laughs) And I'm I'm telling you up front, I'm stealing this idea. (laughs) I will give you full credit. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But. I love that because now you can leave class and eat your toys. Exactly. And yeah. Exactly. But I love that. But see, but that again is my point in the pervertibles. Anything. Any and everything. Yeah. At any given moment, you could be experiencing some fun with a pervertible. Yep. So yep. I have a pervertible challenge for you, Casey. Oh, I yes. was thinking this when she was and like, you know what I'm, I'm like, you know going to say. No, I don't know what you're going to say, but I was thinking like, we need to have a pervertible uh, off because oh, no, I no. bet you this would be awesome. No, no, no. So... <laughs> At your next class, either you or students, whichever you prefer, all you like, I, I want you to come up with some pervertibles, but you can only use stuff that you find in your hotel room that's not yours. I love that because I, I my my vision was let's make a deal. What's in your bag right now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've so, we've done that where we've taught at conventions where we're like, these are things in your hotel room right now because we're all staying in the same hotel. Go, go fuck. Right. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> They're like, I never thought you could do that with the Bible. What? Hotel like, convertible. There's a Bible in every hotel. That's all I'm saying. Impact implement. Yeah. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love that. Yay. I love that. Yay. So, all right, Casey, for everyone listening, and especially, and I'm going to say this because I know we have a lot of industry people that listen to this podcast, a lot of people that work for magazines, that work for stores, that hire educators, wink, wink, you know what I'm getting at, listeners, (laughs) 
And Casey, where can these people find you? Because more people need to be taught by you. So where do they go? The best places to find me are Twitter. And at Twitter, I am at Reed Casey Carter, R-E-A-D, Casey Carter. Um, on Instagram, I am the Casey Carter Experience. Or you can go to my website, which is Casey-Carter.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the Thank show today. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I'm glad we did it. And I hope we get to do it again because this has been fun. Yes, absolutely. Yay. Alrighty. Yay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.